0: You had your eggs on high for eight minutes? No,
1: on maximum high.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like,
1: yes, and I grabbed the (laughs) skillet and I lifted up, and the dang stove was, like, bright red, that color, you know? It was dang burnt. How did they taste? They were crunchy. (laughs) I'm Mary Claire. I'm Reed.
2: And I'm Maddie. And this is The Good Life. Well, welcome back here on The Good Life. We are so excited to have you guys here. Um, today we are talking about a prescription for the good life. Uh, Mary-Claire, do you want to kind of describe what the prescription for the good life is?
0: Yes, so Dr. Huggins is the chaplain here at Barrie. He also teaches some religion classes, which is my major, so I'm a really big fan of Dr. Huggins. Um, and he's given us this prescription for life. So it has, it's a list of eight ingredients that need to be in your life to have this good life that we're talking about. Um, So the list goes through prayer, scripture, worship, community, art, sleep, eating healthy food, and exercise. So uh, Reed and Maddie and I all have um, some different perspectives on a few of these. So we're just going to talk through them.
1: So for mine, I have two, but it's in the same category. So it's health and exercise. And for health and exercise, I think the main principle that we need to follow for the good life is just the sim- simple concept that your body is a temple, and not that exercise is the ultimate goal in every day in your task that you go through every day. And you don't have to get in every single day, but it's something that you should do in your attempt to glorify God. So you don't have to do it, I would say. I know that's probably controversial, but when you do exercise or just when you're looking out for your health, if that's eating a certain snack or if your diet's off and you want to get on a certain diet to lose weight or to just feel better in general, just thinking back on the concept of your body's a temple and you're trying to glorify God regardless of where you are in that day or time, and then doing it and actually staying true and staying committed because you you can lift weights. Me and Mary Claire were joking about it before the podcast started. You can do all those things, but as long as you understand that, hey, I'm doing this for God, I'm doing this for myself, but also to glorify him, to be better, and to ultimately be a better version of yourself for the people around you because that's what you're trying to do in a sense, especially if you have a family or if you're doing it because, say, your friend is really big into biking and you're trying trying to grow that relationship that's the goal. You're trying to grow amongst your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're trying to glorify God in the process.
2: I think something to think about when you're talking about like exercise and eating healthy, um, is what exactly the purpose of that is. So yes, our body is a temple and that is partially why you do it, but what's the purpose for working out? Like, how does that glorify God? How are you helping other people? Because of course, I mean we all know that there's this big push for like, um, or at least society tells us that body types change all the time. So, you know, in the 90s, we had heroin chic, where everyone was 110 pounds max. And, like, um, it was a very unhealthy lifestyle. And then now we have, like, this skinny with incredibly large curves. And, like, so even though body types aren't a fad, society kind of tells us that they are, that that they're, you know, changing. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to think about where your heart is when you're working out and like why we work out so we can have bodies to serve god so we can serve our family so we can serve our friends or whatever mm-hmm. build relationships like you were saying earlier but i think part of that is like finding a balance between i'm i'm doing this for god but also not overdoing it because right obviously there's like a means to each one of these mm-hmm. concepts that we have of all eight there is right. a, a fine line and like a middle mean to like an overage and lack of for sure, and I think
0: we have to really remember that we are psychosomatic beings. That means that our spirit and our body are together. They're not as separate as we sometimes like to think. So I know Dr. Huggins will say frequently they'll get uh, people come into the chaplain's office and just feel like everything's terrible, the world is against them. And after some investigations, like, well, are you just never leaving your damp dark dorm room and you're like eating Cheetos and Dr. Pepper and never moving? Well, if that's kind of your life, that's that's pretty easy to feel like all the world is against you. So we got to remember that in order to feel good to have a life that you genuinely enjoy, like let's have activity be a part of that. Let's have nutritious food be a part of that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be crazy, but we can't just separate our spirit from our body.
1: Well, I will say also, one thing I try to aim for when I'm working out is I try to avoid distractions. So when I'm working out, I try not to watch TV or movies on the treadmill. And you see that more often, and especially at the cage. And Dr. Carroll is big on solitude. And we had a class where he canceled class. And we just went out and had solitude for about an hour. And I don't think a lot of people get that. So when you're working out, it's sort of a form of solitude. You're out there. You're doing what you enjoy. Like Maddie said, you don't have to do anything that's very excessive, like a a very strenuous amount of weight. It's not that. It's just trying to glorify God, but also understanding that, hey, on social media, people preach lifting these weights or going to the gym, and there's these games that you see on the rowers now. They're out where you row and the ball goes up the hill and down. That's not the point of it. The point of it is just when you're doing work, because in the term working out, work, when you're working for God, do it to the best of your ability. Do it in the most authentic way possible, and everything will be well and good.
2: And everybody goes through ups and downs when it comes to diet and exercise. And really, all eight of these, you know, we all have periods where we don't sleep and periods where we sleep a lot and periods where we are, um, you know, really invested in the scripture and periods where we're really not. But like all of these eight things in a balance is what God wants for us. He wants us to be healthy beings so that we can serve him. And so I think that kind of passes the torch along to you, Mary Claire.
0: Yeah. So there's, when we think about Augustine's idea of the good life, where he says, Lord, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they rest in you. That means that everything in the universe, including ourselves, were were created primarily to be in relationship with God. So, you know, we can, we can eat all the kale or all the, the macronutrients correct, and we can you know, lift all the weights, we can run the marathons. Eat only and... meat if you read. Yes, right, only right. meat. No. The, the perfect diet, the perfect exercise, we can um, accomplish all the things, but we will never have a satisfying life if our lives, if our souls are not oriented toward God, if they are not in relationship with him. So that's where the, the prayer, the scripture, and the worship come in. And really, all of it is worship. Um, but really saying again and again, surrendering yourself to the Lord and putting yourself in a position to say, Lord, I, I thank you for everything that you are. I'm sorry. I, I need help. I'm in awe of who you are. That's, yeah, that's what we say. Like, thanks, sorry, help, and wow. Um, and scripture reading, it's not a legalistic, you have to do this every day to be a Christian. It is a lifestyle of wanting to know the Lord, who he is, the story of his people, the story of redemption um, that he's accomplished. Um, And to continually place yourself in that story, uh, order yourself in right relationship with the story of God and his people. And worship, just just offering to God praises, those um, saying, I love you, Lord, and I surrender everything to you. It's listening to the Lord. And maybe sometimes in the context of a gathering of believers and maybe sometimes with only yourself in the Lord, um, both solitude and community worship that like just all these things continually going back to this is the center of my life and this, this is what gives my life meaning. And I need to be continually orienting myself to this relationship. So that's really the heart of the good life. That's the heart of a satisfying life. Um, and then out of that, we'll get other things like wanting to be um, working out in a way that glorifies the Lord, taking care of our body in that kind of way, or being with friends in a way that glorifies the Lord. But that really is the center piece of the good life.
1: Now, I love that with what you just said, but I also want to ask you, or Maddie as well, what do you think is the biggest roadblock for Christians that are trying to practice the good life? when they're trying to worship, and they feel like they can't, or that their worship's not good enough, and I hate to say that, but that's very yeah. true to say, like, sometimes when I'm trying to worship, I just don't feel focused for some odd reason, so what's the biggest roadblock, because I'm trying to learn that as well, right. like, how do I get over that to get back on to the good life?
0: Oh, man, well, as far as focus, I think a lot has to do with just the world that we live in. There's so much just noise, if that makes sense, like this, everything's always clawing for our attention. So it is difficult to focus on really anything, especially something that is not necessarily clawing for your attention. Um, so I think just first of all, recognizing that is an uphill battle in the world that we're living in, uh, where we're living in a attention economy where the most valuable resource is human attention. Um, But I think also just maybe having grace in living, knowing that we're living in an uphill battle and continually trying to enter into that space with the Lord, but also knowing that the Lord doesn't demand perfection of us and just continually trying. And I think as just like every muscle, as you exercise it, it gets easier. Um, So continually trying and
2: continually placing yourself before the Lord. That's a great answer. I think building off of that, there's this huge trend that we've seen over the last few years, especially with like um, the war in Ukraine or COVID or elections or I mean, what have you that has gone on since the start of 2020. Um, But there's a wave in social media where people say, you need to feel, you need to give so much attention to this. And if you don't, you're a bad person right? Like it, there's this, um, part of social media that uses your emotions to make you care so much about one thing that is obviously not as, as great as God. Um, and this is, it's hard to hear this. Um, well, not this part, there's nothing that, and I'm sure you all have heard this before, but there's nothing that you can do that makes God love you less. But in contrast to that, and this is the hard part to hear. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of discouraging in a way. Like you you want to think like, oh, I'll just, all these yeah. good works, it's going to make God love me more. But there's nothing that you can do to do that. Because like for humans, God's love is static. It's greater than we can imagine, but it is static. It does not move. Since it can't go down, it also can't go up. Um, and so thinking that, you know, your worship isn't good enough or, you know, you're wallowing in this self-pity that somehow you aren't good enough. Well, guess what? You aren't. We can never be. That's why we need a savior. So having this idea that like, I'm never good enough because God can never love me more. That's true. That's true because he can't. Nothing that you're going to do is going to move the way or how much God loves you. And we aren't enough. And that's why we need a savior. Mm -hmm. And so having that mindset of like, I'm I'm not good enough. It's just really destructive. It's self-destructive because you go in this spiral, um, and like this downward spiral that takes you into a really dark place of making you like feel like you're worthless, which also isn't true. And so, like, just be really cautious and weary about who you let influence mm-hmm. your worth and how how. "Quote unquote," you know, good you are, and um, you know how much you're doing, and, and what you give your attention to, and what you um, feel emotional about, and and whatnot. And so, like that, it is. It's difficult to hear, and I've had to remind myself of that a lot because, like, that's something that I think about often. Is oh, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. I mean, look at this person, like, especially social media influencers, Christian social media influencers, who like try to like weirdly convict you. But they're mm. not the Holy Spirit. Right. The Holy Spirit's in your heart, and like mm. convictions are also personal. Right. Um, and so, like social media influencers who are like, "Oh, I'm doing the." I don't know if you guys have heard the Holy Forty. This kind of goes. This. Okay, so you know what this is. <laughs> I have not heard of this. Reading, you're gonna. I love think it's this. pretty goofy. So the Holy Forty is this. Have you heard of the 70 Hard Challenge? 75 <laughs> Hard. 75 Hard.
1: Yeah, I, I've heard of that about like two a weeks ago. So, of that. so it's the, the, exercise, the, right? For those from, who. For now.
2: Yes, it is. Yes. For okay. those who don't know, the 75 Heart is this challenge where you go 75 days. You do two one hour workouts. Or at least this is how I understand it. I could be a, a little bit off, but this is how I understand it. You do two separate one hour workouts. You read every single day. You drink um, like a lot of water, only water and like black coffee, no other like drinks, or if you're 21. You can't drink alcohol either. You have to only eat like whole foods and organic foods. You make mm-hmm. all your meals yourself for this seventy-five this terrible, days.
1: Terrible, by the way.
2: You get up at like oh, it's it is very difficult. <laughs> have y'all done hit. it? I've done, done no. <laughs> okay, but I like, know yeah. people that have. I know people that have done it. But like you see, so now there's this like ho- this spinoff, and it's called the Holy Forty, and it's forty days, and you like get up at five a.m. every single day. You read the Bible for like an hour. You journal for an hour. You pray. For, like, 30 minutes. Um, you only eat organic foods. You work out twice a day. Um, you And so it's, like, 40 days right. of, like, constant 5 a.m. 5 a. wake-ups, two-hour-a-day workouts, like, no rest days. Um,
1: Which goes against like, everything that Jesus wanted for us. He wanted us to rest right. on the Sabbath. Yes.
0: You
2: would think, like, so what? <laughs> one rest day a week would I be know. included would be in okay.
1: Makes no sense to me.
2: So the Holy 40 is this big old... Um, idea of like um and this is this gets me sometimes like i'll see it and i'll be like oh, i could never complete a holy 40 i'm terrible mm-hmm. and i'm just like wallowing in my own self-pity because that's what humans do um but so you know you'll see that and like similar to you know what i was talking about earlier with social media being like oh you need to be you know this body type or you need to eat mm-hmm. this food because this diet's better than this diet um which of course bodies and diets are all unique and all bodies require different exercise and also different diets. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, again, you know, you see these things are like supposed to be so, so um, like so-called convicting or um, I don't know, you're supposed to do this to be better Christian. Like nothing that you do is going to change any of that. Um,
1: Well, to kind of spin off of that, I'm going to butcher this quote, so I'm just going to put it out there. It's a great and famous C.S. Lewis quote. Mm -hmm. I sent it to my brother, but to paraphrase in my own words, it's pretty much saying that the story of man is a story about man trying to find everything else in the world to please them other than God. And it is so true, and I think of it sometimes because, like you said about exercise or just worship in general. The other day I worked out for about 30 minutes and I turned and stared at my girlfriend and I said, do you think a 30 minute workout is good enough? And she laughed. And that's the problem with the world. That little question could go across all different topics. You could place it in anything with worship, with the the dang holy 40. Holy 40. 40. Yeah, (laughs) or the what, hard 75 or whatever. 75 hard, yeah. Those are perfect examples because you don't have to do any of that. Like you said with the, the good works, you don't, we're not measured off of that. I know it probably helps. Obviously, first and foremost, it's who we are with God and our relationship. But I do think that those good works are somewhat evaluated. I know that it's not a make or break like some religions. But, I mean, I just, I just can't believe how far we have gone back in society Because like even back in Jesus' time with exercise, because that's my topic, they didn't really exercise. They just worked and they walked hundreds of miles. So like I don't understand why people feel like you have to have a certain threshold to hit for every single activity or just worship or how you breathe. Because some people are weird about that too. Or like dieting. Just it's it's sad. That's all.
2: And of course like. I'm sure that the Holy 40 and the 75 hard don't have ill intentions attached to them. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that these are things that, um, you know, whoever created them were like, oh, this would be a a great opportunity to, like, create community and and exercise and reading and worship and whatever, Um, or what have you, you know. But at the same time, Mm it gets taken a little too far. And, like, Mm -hmm. it all goes back to idolatry and, like, are you making an – idol out of good works because that can happen
1: mm-hmm.
2: or are you making an idol out well
1: i gotta of ask what happens on day 41
2: exactly i think it's part of it is supposed to be like habit forming right
1: yeah but but you know i don't, I don't know i don't know the turnover rate on that mm.
2: yeah i'm not really sure either and i'm not sure yeah. there's t- a whole bunch of data on the holy 40 but. right
1: but to kind of go off of that what do you have are you ready to go to your topics because i feel like we covered worship pretty well
2: how, what are you thinking about? Or have you yeah. There? yeah,
0: I mean, I think that those those ideas of these challenges are really um, great, and they're like, you know, they're good things to include in your life, and the idea is habit-forming. But when our goal is I'm going to be perfect because, I mean, at least that's the idea with 75 Hard is if you miss a day, you have to start back over. Yeah. Um, so that can be really stressful and um, just really becoming a slave to that. And if you're a perfectionist like me, I'm always like, I just, I can be perfect. You know, like I could do this on my own, just give me enough time. And then I want to like, I don't know, a little pat on the back from God or something, you know, um, you 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 did a really good job. Uh, but that is not the heart of the gospel at all. That is not at all the heart. It says that like. That anything that we do in our own strength, as good as it is, is like filthy rags. The only thing that we contribute to our salvation is the sin that made it necessary. So there's nothing we can do to, like, earn our salvation more. We're not going to be, like, more saved. And there for sure is an element of show me your faith by your works, that a change in your heart should come out in your um, actions. But... That's still not the heart. Um, your your works are not the heart. So, mm-hmm. just continually, again and again, surrendering our heart to the Lord in in worship, in prayer, in reading scripture, um, in all of their different forms is yeah, it's just really the heart of the good life. I think.
2: Mm. Yeah, you. I mean, you talked about community worship earlier, um, and. I have a, a, a lot to say about community, I'll, I'll say that. Um, I, you know, I only say that because when I came to college, like, um, I had always had a community, so I never truly understood the importance because I didn't lack a community until I came to college. Because, I mean, I, I was the only person, um, actually, there was one person from my town who went to this school, but they were a senior, and I didn't know who they were because my high school was bigger than Barry when I came here. Um, and so yes my high school I graduated with 830 people in my graduating class yeah it's quite a large school anyway so um you know I I didn't realize how important community was until I came here um and I didn't have one and it was like oh now I have to make my own community and it it's awful when you're in isolation That's not what Jesus wants for us either. That is why, you know, we hear so much about community and, like, there's so much community in the Bible. Like, even Jesus had a community. So, here is a list of things that the Bible says community is for. To love each other greatly. To bear each other's burdens. To sharpen each other. To forgive each other. To be with Christ. To encourage the disheartened. To encourage those towards love and good deeds. To encourage... Uh, or to be encouraged by others' faith, to help the weak, to confess our sins without judgment, to pray over each other, to become one body and to live in harmony, to bring people of a lower position into the conversation and to not discriminate, to worship together, to be, or to not be divided, uh, to help others suffer. Because when one part suffers, it all suffers because as, I mean, we are one body body of Christ, to offer hospitality, to serve one another, to defend one another, to keep each other warm, to drink and eat together, to have commonality, to share spiritual gifts, to protect others' interests, to hear God speak to others. And that's just a small list of things. Right? So it's
1: everything in a sense.
2: Right. right. Community is so important. Solitude is also so important, but they they play a separate role with each other, if yeah. that makes sense.
0: I think something I thought about... Um, a few years ago in Dr. Parker's New Testament class with we read Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together. and That has a lot to do with community and a lot to do with solitude. So it's this idea that solitude is to community what fasting is to feasting. They're both important and they bring a lot um, to your relationship with God and others. Um, But if you, you know, if you can't fast, then you're probably holding feasting too high. But if you can't, Feast, if you can't enjoy good food, then you're probably holding fasting too highly. Um, same thing with solitude and community. If you can't be alone, you are probably holding your friends and community too highly. And if you can't be in community, then you're probably holding just solitude and being by yourself too highly. They really need to be in tandem and balance with
2: each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there also is this idea, and I, the reason why I think this is an idea in the church is because the rise of megachurches, um, I think people think that you have to be in this like big grand community with like, you don't know, have to be friends with every single person on this planet and every single Christian you have to be best friends with. And that's just not true. That is not true. Um, you don't have to be friends with everybody. That's not something that, you know, you, you have to be kind and respectful. That is something that we, we are called to do. But you don't have to be friends with everyone. And like you can have a small group of friends. That's Okay. Um, And honestly, I think the small friend groups um, serve a greater purpose than having like 100 friends because Mm -hmm. you are so intimately entwined with those people. Um, So known. Yes. And that is just so, so like rare um, and precious to have such a small group of friends. Um, When I asked my parents, you know, when I was younger, um, I would ask my parents, who you know, who are your friends like? Because I had a kind of small group of friends, and um, I wanted to see who all their friends were. And they would literally count their their best friends on one hand. Mm-hmm. But, like, those people, it doesn't matter where in the world they are. If, they, if my parents called them up, and they were like, we need help, you best bet they'd be on a plane, in a car, on a boat, whatever, on the way to come help us. Mm-hmm. Um, because they are known so, like, so closely by my parents, and my parents know them so closely. And, like... Um, it's so awesome to like grow in your faith with those other people um, and have conversations and difficult conversations and um, conversations about what it looks like to live the good life.
1: Right. And I'll say also to not try to get emotional with it, but coming to Barry coming from a decent sized high school, being a two sport athlete on two very successful teams and people knowing me and coming to a small school, coming to play football Then not playing football, and then that just altering my path. And all the guys that I thought I would be friends with weren't friends with me. And then some didn't hate me. It's a hard, strong word, but some people didn't. They they disliked me because I didn't play football. Mm. So trying to overcome that. But also struggling to make friends after that period, and then flying through college, like through my personal own story, two and a half years, finishing school just to get out of school and then being in this weird period now where I have two weeks left and a lot of the people that I'm trying to make friends with because I'm trying to make up for lost time, I don't feel like there's time. And then God's working in the background and there are people from my past that I never envisioned I would ever become really good friends with, good pals. And these people are trying to make an effort to get in my life. And I feel like a lot of people just don't appreciate God's work in the background because if you focus so much on yourself, you don't realize even with solitude, like I was in solitude for so long in different ways. Like I was, I got really big into exercise. I was addicted and I didn't take the time to really work on my social life. And then in a way God is making me because these people are making the effort. And I think that effort is through God's work, not just their own personal will.
2: Well, that is all the time we have for today. Um, Thanks for coming to listen. Um, We are so glad that you listened. We think this is an awesome topic to talk about. To find more on The Good Life, you can check out VikingFusion.com and VikingFusion Instagram. And we will check you guys next time. Thanks.